0: congregation when the first images became known of the Ukrainian city of Mariupol after two months of unrelenting siege by Russian bombing the city was described as reduced to a wasteland littered with thousands of bodies Een whirlwind of calamity, een catastrophic apocalypse. Het was beschreven als demolist, ruins of total revenge, een symbol of utter indiscriminate inflicted devastation, extermination, obliteration, annihilation. En in de midst of dat, from time to time, er was humanitarian aid. And care through evacuation of some of the last surviving people. And it was described in the New York Times as a glimmer of hope. A glimmer of hope in devastating trouble. Tonight, more than a glimmer of hope is offered this evening. An hope offered for a much more severe calamity. This gospel offer comes to us, to you this evening as the Lord speaks to us, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows them. That trust in him. Congregation verse 7 in Nahum 1. This word of the Lord. Is like a calm and still place. In the midst of a mighty rushing waterfall. At the first, first six verses. A mighty, powerful, fierce, he wanted a revenging destruction. The God is jealous. The Lord revenges. The Lord revenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance. He reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is great in power. He has his way in the whirlwind. His fury is like put out like fire. And then the question comes to us. Who Who in our midst can stand his indignation? And who of us can abide in the fierceness of his anger? Furious, m- much more. Than a war inflicted fury. The Lord's power. Great in power. Much more. Than an unrelenting bombing. Who, Who can abide? Who shall stand? If thou Lord. Marks my sin. And the, the, the most severe human calamity. And then we read. And by grace to experience. may be tonight. Maybe not expected. When you look to your life. Maybe not expected. Certainly not deserved. And in the midst of this mighty... Rushing water of God's overpowering might against my sin. The Lord is good. He is, even now, a strong, a strong place of hiding, a refuge, a resting place. That is His word to you tonight. With all the unrest in your life that we can have at times. With the destructive power of sin in your life, addiction in whatever form. With all the worries and anxieties, which are like a rushing waterfall sometimes in your mind. With all the calamity that is going on in this world, war, ecological destruction, unrest. Sometimes we see the news, the visible in China or other countries our country, invisible undercurrents in society at times. But this very old word, this word of old, and yet so fresh, so new, also tonight, as the Lord speaks to us, to you this night, the Lord is good. So good. Good. He's a refuge in times of trouble. Young people, you can translate it also. The Lord is tough. The Lord is good. Tough is the Hebrew word. Tough. Good. The Lord is good. A hiding place in tough times. Difficult times. These are then the words that I want to meditate with you this evening. And leave you with these Comforting word, the Lord is good. Three main points from this passage of scripture that speaks of God's judgment, God's mercy, and in the third place, God's care. Young people, once more, God's judgment, God's mercy. And God's care. As we have read, the prophet was burdened. He carried a word of the Lord. As much has transpired for the people of that city to whom this word was addressed. Because a generation or so before, the Lord had sent another preacher. The prophet Jonah sent his word of mercy to encourage repentance. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And, and the word of the Lord had transformed the people of that city, the lives of the people, as we read in Jonah 3. The people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth repentance. They cried mightily unto God repentance turn everyone from his evil ways, repentance, and they pleaded with the Lord. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Maybe an older generation in this congregation remembers preaching in the past that led to repentance, changed lives, and time in in which God saw your works, that you turned from your evil ways, and that God repented of the evil that He had said He would do unto you, and He did it not, and He did it not. It was experience mercy, mercy, mercy. One sermon, eh? one sermon. For the people of Nineveh. And they believed God and you. They repented. And you. They turned away from their evil ways. Yeah, and you. Friends, that we are here tonight, and sometimes I I say it in love, the Lord has been so good to you as congregation, but that you come in the morning and the evening, the morning and the evening, Sunday after Sunday, never get used to it. It's maybe one of my last sermons here, so I can say it. Never get used to it. He has not dealt with us after our sins. Hmm? Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Mercy. Undeserved mercy. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because congregation, although the people of Nineveh in the times of Jonah repented, and more importantly, God in his infinite mercy repented of the evil that he said that he would do to them, it was mercy that he did not execute his justice and judgment at that time. And yet, a generation later, the, the people that, that in times past were so graciously spared by the Lord, they had backslided they sinned greatly. At chapter 3. In Nahum, a bloody city, full of lies and robbery, a society of lies and corruption. A multitude of, as the prophet, a multitude of wardoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcraft. A society that serves itself and its pleasures. And people that turns to idolatry. Idolatry is something, young people, that you serve something else than the Lord. Here is a people that have experienced in the past God's sparing mercy. But they turned away from the Lord. Do you begin to see why the Lord's anger... Do you see that the Lord's judgment is right? This anger of the Lord to a backsliding and sinning people. Yes, it was directed to the Ninevites. But what then about the people of Judah? That is the gripping truth of these words this evening. God's own covenant people. Yet they were oppressed and afflicted by the Assyrians. You can read it in, in uh, this chapter, verse twelve. But but a um, backsliding, sinning covenant people, those who know better, congregation, you know better. And then backsliding, and then turning away from the Lord, and then serving other gods than the true and living God, in whatever form that comes, materialism, or money, or status, or whatever, De- despite the mercy, the goodness, and the long suffering of a covenant-keeping God, and then go your own way? No need of Him? Yeah, we don't say that, of course, aloud, no need of Him. You know, we, we have now our church, our congregation. We hear the gospel preaching. But be honest tonight. Be honest tonight between the Lord and your soul. Do you now really believe? Is is there now a reality in your life what we have read from? This is God's Word, eh, the living Word of the living God to living people. Not dead people, dead living people. A reality in your life. The fierce anger of the Lord against sin. Your sin. Do you really believe what we have read? The Lord revenge and is furious. He will take vengeance on his adversaries. He reserves wrath for his enemies. The enemies, when we live outside Christ, there always, there's always enemies are reconciled. The enemies, the ungodly. The Lord is great in power and will not all acquit the wicked. Friends, may I plead with you. Never, never step over this. That is what our sins deserve. Yes, we like to read what we read in God's word this, this evening. The Lord is slow to anger. Of course. And we ask with the Heidelberg Catechism. This is even a confession. But is God not also merciful? And then immediately, of course, the answer. God indeed is merciful. But don't ignore this. And don't put it away. But he is also just. And his justice requires that the sin committed against the most majesty of God also be punished with the most severe that is with the everlasting punishment of body and soul the Lord has to deal with your sin young people parents grandparents who shall abide in his anger Where shall you hide? When you have sinned. Is it not only in Christ? Our second point, God's mercy. God's mercy in Christ. Now you may ask, how can you say that? Well when you read in Luke 11, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, Christ reminds us, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation, with this generation, and shall condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, greater than Jonas is here. Do you hear? Greater than Jonas. Christ is here. Tonight. Did he not promise where two or three are it in my name? I'm in the midst there. What more? Is it not Christ? And also never forget that. Never forget that. And the Lord makes known your sin. And the bitterness of sin he also shows you by the same grace the sweetness of Christ. Yeah, it can be very mixed in the beginning. But is it not Christ where the full wrath of God, his justice, his vengeance, his great power, was once revealed on Gogota, on Christ, his son, who was without sin, We read it recently, a yeah? couple of weeks ago, from the form of the administration of the Lord's Supper. Beautiful passages. Read it, reread it, also after the Lord's Supper, not just during the Lord's Supper, but after, before. Meditate that we might be freed from our sins. Here, yeah? where He was innocently condemned to death, that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. Friends, meditate upon those things. Where he died a death that you and I deserved. Condemned to death. That we be acquitted at the judgment seat. Of, that, that will be a day. When you are in Christ, one day you and I have to stand before God's judgment seat, and we deserved death, eternal death, and then, and then for Christ's sake, acquitted, acquitted. Christ who took upon himself the curse due to us, that he might fill us with his blessings. Fill us with his blessings. And therefore only and because of that complete and finished work. And I said in my prayer. Let it never be words complete and finished. But it is complete and it is finished. Nothing has to be added. Nothing has to be added. Oh. It is such a free gospel. Such a free gospel. only because of the complete and finished work of Christ that we read and can read here, the Lord is good. So undeserved good. So graciously good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble, a refuge, a hiding place, was de tekst op een gravestone? Gravestone. the lord is good in the day of trouble There was an old lady and her whole life her whole life was a spiritual struggle and she always could speak good of the lord and when she passed weet dit is wat the children found put on my grave The Lord is good. Can you say it? The Lord is good. Scripture is full of it. Psalm 25. I will give a couple of examples. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, because he is good. Therefore he will teach sinners in the way. Teach us sinners to walk in his ways. That is his goodness towards you and me. Psalm 34, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him to taste and to see. Yes, when it is Lord's Supper, when His love for sinners such as you and me is displayed, but also in those times when His Word is open to you and you see none else than Jesus alone, you taste the sweetness of Christ. Psalm 100, for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting. Is it not so? The Lord is so good, so undeserving good. When you see His mercy in your life, when you wake up in the morning that you have to say, they are new every morning, great is His goodness and faithfulness. And therefore maybe you know those times in your life and you join the Psalm, in Psalm 106 and 107 and Psalm 136. And you sing and you say or you sigh. Oh, give things unto the Lord for he is good. So good in Psalm 145, the, the Lord said, the Lord is good to all. And extend the mercies over all his work. To all. To all also those in our midst who wait for him, who seek him. He is also now particular to them. Do you hear? Struggling soul. Maybe you have to lament over your sin, hearing that the Lord is good. But here then his own promise. Lamentations 3. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeks him. And therefore no one is good except God alone. So Christ says in Mark 10. But But do you live that? If you have experienced something by grace of the goodness of the Lord... Do you live that? Is that gratitude? A life of thankfulness? We receive more than we deserve. And it does far more abundantly in our life than all that we ask or think. As, what would it actually mean to live a single day, every single day with gratitude and appreciation in your heart, being thankful for everything that the Lord brings on your way. That sometimes means also to be trained and learned by grace. To be grateful even for the disappointments and setbacks and obstacles you, you suffer. But to live in gratitude. To live in gratitude for the blessings that you have received from the Lord. There yes, are sometimes also things that have not turned out as you expected. But to live with gratitude means to find joy in the smallest things. Let me be very practical. Finding joy in the food you eat. Finding joy in the company you keep. In the light of God's goodness and that undeserved. How much more than finding gratitude and thankfulness in the everlasting thing, in the goodness of the Lord in Christ, His Word. When you come to church sometimes and you are lifted up above the circumstances of life, the challenges of life, and you experience His Word, that leaves traces of His goodness in your life. When you experience His love, you may say at times, The Lord is so good to me, so good. Humbling is it not? But it exalts Him. When you experience His care, and your protection on the road, and sometimes you are aware of it, and most of the times you are not. But when His protection and care sets you still, and you see the Lord is good, to be in His presence. Yeah, now experience sometimes for, for, for moments, but this longing then forever. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them. Do you hear? It comes from the outside, huh? Has wrought for them that trust in thee. What must, what must I say more of the goodness of the Lord? The time would fail me. The Lord is good in himself. The Lord is good in his grace. The Lord is good in his providence. The Lord is good to his own people. Oh congregation, that is such a good gospel news. God in Christ remembers mercy in wrath. The Lord is good, so infinite good, so infinite merciful. Do you believe that also? This is how the Lord reveals himself in this first chapter of this little and sometimes often overlooked book of judgment. The God of justice and the God of mercy. And how can that now go together? How can those two now be united? Is it not only in Christ, his beloved son, where justice and mercy came together on the cross. There is a time to experience when you look upon yourself and your sin and you have to say, the troubles of my heart increase. My iniquities have taken hold on me. They are more than the hairs of my head. That you come at the place in your life that you have to say, "I, I acknowledge my transgression." And my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned. And have done this evil in thy sight. And when Christ revealed himself then to you. So that you are turned away from yourself. Being drawn with cords of love. you look to Christ. O wonder of grace, O wonder of mercy, the Lord is good, so good. He is a refuge, a stronghold, and that for me. O oh, hear then, this gospel kneels tonight for an afflicted people, poor and needy themselves, an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord for Christ's sake. To experience, as the Apostle James writes, mercy, rejoice against judgment. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Your only hiding place, a safe place, a strength. That is His mercy in Christ and Him alone. And for the Apostle Paul, that was such a good news, such a glad tidings, this word of salvation, this word of deliverance for an afflicted people, words of mercy, that in Romans 10 he cites verse 15 of Nahum 1. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Bring glad tidings of good things. Do you hear? Gospel of peace. Tidings of good things. How comforting it is then to call upon the name of Jesus in times of trouble. He will save his people from their sin. His name is and gives comfort in times of sorrow, strength in time of weakness, hope in time of despair he indeed is a stronghold a place of defense a place of strength and security god's comfort in christ Nahum. little is known of him this prophet ministering about 600 years before christ but his name His name carries the gospel message of this little book, meaning his name means comforting or full of comfort, or others have pointed out reassurance. How do we need that at times? The only comfort in life and death. What is your comfort? What is now your comfort? in times of trouble and testing, in times of adversity, in times of distress, you have cares and concerns that you carry. Is it Christ? So that you can attest that even in the time of trouble testing, maybe loss of loved ones? Or you have children that go through challenging times and you worry as parents. Or as grandparents when you are on your knees for your grandchildren. But yet by grace, for Christ's sake, even in the day of trouble, that you can attest the Lord is good. So infinite good and gracious. So merciful. and stronghold. A refuge in the day of trouble. Isaac Watts, a test officer, eh? the Lord is good, the Lord is kind, great is his grace, his mercy, sure. What more, as verse 7 and the text concludes, he knows them. The trust in Him. He knows you. The trust in Him, congregation, that you truly may see this evening. This calm and still place in the midst of a mighty rushing waterfall of your life. Christ's substitution in the midst of God's fierce (laughs) wrath. This wonder of grace, he for me, he knows them that trust in him. That speaks of God's care. God knows his people better than we know ourselves. knows what is best for us. Sometimes we think the Lord has forgotten, the Lord has forsaken me. But here we read and we hear it this night, he knows them. And that, that word knows, that is intimately known. He's deeply acquainted with them. Your fears, your pain, your sorrows, your fears, your trials. Maybe your loneliness, your anxiety struggle. Maybe your marriage or your family or your children. This waterfall of adversity, trouble and trials. But no, there is a place of refuge. There is one who knows each of his children. Do you hear? Many of this congregation have received a place at the Lord's table. Confessing that they seek their lives out themselves in Christ. He knows you. He knows you. Those that trust in Him. In all the circumstances of life. that is to learn, let us be practical, that is to learn not to lean on your own understanding. But to take refuge to the throne of grace, to recall God's faithfulness in the past. Then I ask you, did he ever leave you or forsake you? pray that and even if you have no words to say anymore to decide to, to learn more and more to walk by faith and not by sight that, that is to trust in him. To learn by grace we, we do not earn or merit anything by taking refuge in the Lord. Hiding is not a work to commend our self-sufficiency. All of this is to show our helplessness, that we are in need of a hiding place. It shows us our weakness, our need, that we plead for mercy, look for grace. That is trusting in the Lord. But do you practice this? Do you take refuge in Christ Christ? Not once in a while daily you, you you eat every day, but do you trust the Lord in all circumstances of life and sometimes there's challenges challenging and sometimes you have questions in life, but what about this and what about that and And we always look for all kinds of other things. Or do you trust the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? How is it, congregation? The gospel transforms. When by undeserved grace in Christ, you have experienced this gospel wonder. Your judgment rightly deserved taken away in Christ when you have experienced his infinite mercy for such one as you are when you may know his care in your life he knows me he has not forgotten me to whom else shall you go then tonight tomorrow tomorrow Is there a leaning, a resting, a trusting in Him? There's not a psalm missing in Psalm 91. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Friends, trusting in the Lord gives us a wonderful hold on God. Those times in your life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea our God is merciful. I was brought low. And he helped me. And he helped me. Yeah then there are times. That your whole heartly can sing. Seeing the mercy of the Lord in God. I will praise his words. In God I have put my trust. That is transforming grace. That is his transforming mercy. Trust the Lord at all times, ye people. Then you know those times from the depth I have cried to thee. But then also experience in the Lord there is mercy. And with Him there is plenteous redemption. Do you hear? Plenteous. That is a scare. More than a glimmer of hope. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is so good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows you. That trust. In him, O oh, comfort and one another, we've these words: Amen. Let us pray, Lord, we'll bless thy words, that we may leave this place and speak of the goodness of thee, undeserved, but for Christ's sake, and can testify the Lord is so good, so good. And He knows me. And I trust in Him. Lord, well, bless Thy Word that it truly might bear fruit in our life. A more trusting in Thee instead of looking around for all kinds of solutions and all kinds of plannings with all the responsibilities Thou have given us in our life. And yet... In all things, to trust in thee, Lord will bless thy word also for this new week. and we ask these things in the forgiveness and shortcomings in speaking and in listening, but for Christ's sake alone, amen.